The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Winning Ponies radio show. I believe I've got some uh, guests that you're going to be thoroughly entertained by, and uh, certainly a guy that can uh, nail down a few winners will be handicapping some of the top races. What a weekend for racing in North America. Uh, we've got uh, you know, one of the true, shall I say, classics, and that is the Don Handicap. Grade one, half a million dollars, and last year's winner is in there, Lee. And Lee has only won run once, and that was a winning effort in the Hell's Hope for new trainer Bill Mott. Bill Mott took over three races ago has not lost a race with Lee since he took over, and Lee jumped to 100 buyer figures in every one of those starts. He's definitely a horse for a course. Three starts at Gulfstream Park, three wins. So the Don Handicap looks like the most competitive of the races that we will be handicapping. The question is, who will be handicapping with us? Well, it's none other than John O'Neill. John O'Neill, if you don't know who he is, you did if you went out to uh, Las Vegas. A small business owner from Huntington Station, New York, became the 16th winner of the National Handicapping Championship last Sunday at Treasure Island in Vegas and pulled down $800,000 for his efforts. And I'm so happy that John is going to take the time to talk with us. Again, the, the Don looks like the most competitive of the races. We're hopefully going to get a chance to look at. We're also going to look at the Withers. Let's face it, El Kabir looks like a total standout there. But then without a doubt... The Thriller from Manila, the Battle in the Saddle, the San Antonio Invitational, invited to this race, not one, but two champions. Last year's Horse of the Year, California Chrome. The previous year's two-year-old champion, Shared Belief, a horse that has won eight of its nine career starts. The only one, a... Interesting one in the Breeders' Cup Classic where he lost all chance at the start of the race. A lot of controversy there. But don't throw out Bob Baffert's opportunity. He has this Colt at the top of his game. So it's great to see these four-year-olds back at the track. Uh, Top-class horses. Those seem to be the three that rise to the top. But, hey, 
who am I to say, we'll let John O'Neill, if he can pull down 800000 in the National Handicapping Championship, uh, I will defer to him. Our first guest, though, uh, is no stranger to winning ponies and no stranger to pulling down awards, and that is the one and only Jenny Reese, a multiple Eclipse Award winner, uh, one of the best writers in the United States for the turf world. Uh, Jenny, last week I got to be with her uh, when we celebrated her selection to the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame's Joe Hirsch Media Roll of Honor. It was down at the Thoroughbred Club of America uh, just outside of Keeneland. And then just last night, uh, she received the Bluegrass Sports Awards with some very top people uh, that are associated with Kentucky. So we'll be talking to Jenny Reese as our first guest. Uh, before we move forward with some more national news, I want to remind everybody that 1-2-3 Racing Pick 6 is America's newest handicapping contest style. It's a Pick 6 wager. 1-2-3 Racing is not like any other Pick 6. It's a $2 Pick 6 with a twist. You can win America's most exciting wager by scoring points across six races, hopefully for you to scoop up the pool. All you need to do to play at 123bet.com, and the winners are guaranteed. They're guaranteeing $100,000 in payouts. 123 Racing Pick 6, easy enough. Get your pencil out. 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. And, of course, you want to go to Winning Ponies' website and pull down your easy win forms to uh, help you nail down some of those winners. And uh, had a pretty good uh, week last week, as we do every week. Uh, let's uh, turn the clock back to last Sunday at Turfway Park, uh, a 50-cent pick four. We nailed that for $2,747. Um, on Monday, over at Sam Houston, of course, we cover the whole country, uh, had a $1 Key Superfected that paid over $3,400. Yesterday at Turf Paradise, we nailed a $1 Super for $3,700. And hope you were on top of it today. We pulled down a $1 Super Key for $2,500. So get your easy win forms and become an easy winner through winning ponies. Well, uh, the early Triple Crown nominees are out. And the total surpassed the 414 early noms in 2014. All-time Triple Crown winner Calumet Farm nominated 15 horses. They are back in the game. Uh, At the top, of course, uh, American Pharaoh uh, is is listed. But uh, obviously people still wanting to get the so-hard-to-reach Triple Crown. And it's got to start with the Run for the Roses on the first Saturday in May. So a record number of nominees. Uh, It's the most difficult feat in all of sports, and it's only been accomplished 11 times. Let's uh, jog your memory. Uh, We go back to 1919 with Sir Barton. It was Gallant Fox in 1930. Omaha, 1935, the Great War Admiral, 1937. Count Fleet in 43. Oops, almost skipped World Away in 41. Assault, 46, Citation, 48, and ones that our listeners may remember, 1973, Big Red, Secretariat, and then in 77, Seattle Slough, Affirmed, got it in 78, looked like it was going to be kind of easy there with three Triple Crown winners in the 70s, haven't had one since. Well, uh, speaking of the uh, Kentucky Derby trail, 
sad to say, it looks like Calculator is going to be knocked off that trail. Uh, you may recall uh, that uh, big, good-looking, almost white horse won the Sham Stakes at Santa Anita. He came out of a workout at San Luis Ray Downs on Saturday. Looks like he's going to be out for about a half a year, so he'll be off the uh, Triple Crown Trail. Uh, they didn't go into detail with the injury, but they do say that they are hoping for a full recovery. I have to keep a list of the horses that uh, do fall off the trail this year. The Hutchinson winner, it is a sprint, but Hutchinson horses have gone on to win the Derby. Uh, Barbados, who won the grade three, Hutchinson uh, came out with a knee chip, and it looks like uh, he is going to be off the shelf for a while. They say that they do hope that he will be back for a fall campaign. Uh, Good news, horse that's off the shelf, not on the shelf, and that's most probably the pre-derby favorite and last year's champion, American Pharaoh, had his first work since late October on Monday. Uh, the uh, talented son of Pioneer, the Nile, went three furlongs and 36-1. and one. Martin Garcia was in the saddle, and it looks like uh, Bob Baffert says that he's going to target the grade two Rebel Stakes as the Colts' debut. So if you're tracking these horses uh, going into the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know that there's the Kentucky Derby future wager, and Pool 2 is going to open up. And uh, our friend Mike Battaglia that's been with us uh, has uh, tagged some of the top horses, but we do believe that the mutual field, known to many racing fans as all others, will be the favorite after the pool this week. Uh, Right now, the... The opening pool was conducted uh, November 28th to 30th. All others was the odds-on three-to-five favorite in the November pool. Uh, you have to remember that pool is all three-year-olds. Other than the, there's 23 that are listed among the 24 betting interest. So uh, again, it looks like uh, American Pharaoh. Uh, is the top. Let's see if we can't uh, nail down uh, some of the odds. He's listed right now at 10 to 1. And close behind, uh, champion and pool favorite are uh, Dortmund, uh, Bob Baffert trained, upstart, impressive winner of the Holy Bull last week, two weeks ago rather, and uh, those are listed at 12 to 1. Uh, After that, you've got uh, Carpe Diem and Texas Red, who surprisingly didn't get the job done last week. So, uh, again, that that's the uh, the future wager. As far as uh, some jocks in the news, uh, Irad Ortiz Jr. was named Jockey's Guild Jockey of the Week. He won three stakes, including a pair of three grade one races, to be named Jockey's Guild Jockey of the Week. At Tampa Bay on Saturday, he posted back-to-back wins in the Grade Three Landham South Endeavor Stakes on Testa Rossi and the Grade Three Sam S. Davis on Ocean Night. He capped off the week with three wins back at his home base at Aqueduct on Sunday. All told, he won eight wins, three seconds and a third from 18 starts, earning over $442,000. And uh, we want to congratulate him. Again, Jockey Talk 360 collaborates. thank you, John, uh, with the Jockeys Guild and other industry partners to bring fans closer to racing 
They do a great job, so congratulations to him. Just prior to the show, I tried pulling down the charts, and I wasn't able to get them in time. We don't know if jockey Gary Stevens uh, got win number 5,000. He is sitting on 4,999. So if I get a chance during the commercial break, I'll go back up and see if if he did get it done. And uh, if you were looking to... uh, uh, bet Aqueduct on Saturday, you didn't get the chance. And if you were looking to bet it yesterday, you didn't get the chance. The snow came earlier in the week, and it had problems melting yesterday. Also off the card uh, for this evening is uh, Charlestown. Good news, Oaklawn purses are going up, and the Ohio Derby purse was bumped to a half a million dollars. Quick recap, last week, in our handicapping here on Winning Ponies, we went out to Santa Anita. I want to thank Steve Anderson for helping us out. And the winner of the six furlong Palos Verdes, a grade two, was Conquest Two-Step, who rallied and pulled away to win by one and a quarter lengths. This got to give a little credibility to shared belief. Conquest Two-Step, who was dismissed at five to one, just missed by a neck to who other than shared belief in the Malibu the day after Christmas. The Malibu, a grade one, missed by a neck. Conquest Two-Step comes back and wins the Palos Verdes over Secret Circle, a very, very impressive horse and wild dude. Then it was uh, the Arcadia, and the winner there was Avanzare, if I'm saying that right, dismissed at 5-1, to one. Uh, settled early, rated just off the pace of El Nino Terrible, and uh, was asked into the lane and was solid, holding off Za approval. Then a race that may have an effect on the Kentucky Oaks, it was the Virginias, the Las Virginias at a mile. These are three-year-old fillies, and the impressive winner stretching out for the first time was Callback, a Bob Baffert trainee. Uh, Baffert taking off the blinkers. When he did that, the horse showed a bullet work. Well, Callback, a daughter of Street Sense, who we know can get the distance, uh, stretched out the first time going longer than six and a half furlongs, sent down to five to two. It led the whole way and really had to dig in to hold off a strong finish by the outside horse, Light to the City, one of the many Jerry Hollendorfer horses who looks very strong this year. And in the third spot was 11 to 1 shot Achievers Legacy, another Hollendorfer trainee. So callback. Went the distance for Spendthrift Farm and trainer Bob Baffert. Might see her in the Kentucky Oaks. Well, somebody I hope to see when I go down to see the Kentucky Oaks will be Jenny Reese. And we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies. And we come back, we're going to be talking to this multiple award winner on Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, no stranger to you that listen to Winning Ponies, it's the multiple Eclipse Award winning Jenny Reese that's going to be with us. And I had the pleasure uh, just over a week ago of uh, being with uh, Jenny in person uh, to see her celebrate her selection to the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame's Joe Hirsch Media Roll of Honor Award. It was at the Thoroughbred Club of America. And no sooner do I turn around, but a week later, uh, she's got to move her Eclipse Awards and her Joe Hirsch Award over as, as she pulls down another one to be, as she was honored at the 2015 Bluegrass Sports Awards. Uh, Jenny, I think they're running out of divisions you can win. <laughs> no, I think that's about it. I, I can't think of anything more. I think uh, I think it means I'm an old fart, you know, and we've got Sports Commission, which is quite an honor. It's named for Tom Hammond. And, you know, growing up in Lexington, well, in high school when I'd come home from college, you know, he was a sports director for WLAX and was a, you know, channeling team was a legend. Then, then, 1984, he got his break at the Breeders' Cup um, and then became full-time for NBC. And that's kind of when, you know, I started at the end of 83 and my first full year was 84. So it's kind of like our careers have hit on a national level, however, um, you know, but kind of took off at, this, at the, the same time. But really, really honored to have an, win an award named for him. And Chris Collinsworth won the national award. And, and uh, you know, he was just so awesome when he got up there and spoke. I just felt so in, in Inferior. The one thing I think I did good is I kept it short. <laughs> well, what a lot of people don't know about Chris is that he is uh, has been actively involved in horse racing and is a big horse racing fan. Uh, he's uh, he still lives in the Cincinnati area. He's got a huge family. Obviously, he's got he's got a well known son that that plays for Notre Dame. 
And uh, Chris, I remember he had uh, horses that ran uh, at, at River Downs. He had one that was co- called Controversial that he owned with a guy. If you watch racing long enough, you'll see his pants go by, Jeff Ruby of Jeff Ruby's <laughs> Steakhouse. Uh, they were partners with the quarterback, Turk Schonart. And can, uh, can, uh, that horse, uh, Controversial, ended up winning uh, some stakes races in the Cincinnati area. So I, I know that he's a big fan, and I know that his, his partner there, Air, uh, Al Michaels, uh, is a big horse racing fan, too. So I don't know if you got a chance to talk to him at all, but uh, Chris is just a great guy. Well, I wanted to bring him about the time you fixed the race, so when he was in the match race. At really hey, hey, you still to keep that down. <laughs> Go ahead. You can tell the story. <laughs> well, you you know what it is. You were telling me the other day, you know, you had this match race between Chris and a horse, and I asked you who won, and you said, the horse won by like a nose, but you kind of gested the picture, you know, so it was a dead heat. I love it. Well, <laughs> you know, Chris being... For entertainment purposes only, and it sounds like everybody certainly got a lot of entertainment out of it. Yes, there was, there was no wagering on it, so I didn't affect the outcome of race. Everybody had fun, and Chris said after the race, he said, how could I lose by a nose? Look at this nose. <laughs> <laughs> so then you looked at the picture again and said, well, upon further review. <laughs> but, but, uh, those things are fun. So p- paint the picture uh, last night, and then we'll rewind to last week because I've got a lot more uh, insight into that. Uh, what, what did it feel like to be uh, brought into this uh, fraternity sorority? Well, it's pretty amazing. And the funny thing is, I found out about both of them within a week last fall. I was at the Breeders' Cup. I had gotten out there a week early when Tom Hammond called me and said I had won this award at the Bluegrass Sports Commission's Kentucky Sports Media of the Year Award. And then I was on my flight home between flights after the Breeders' Cup when I was reading my email. I had an email from the National Dimmer Racing and Hall of Fame that I was a selectee, along with the late, great Jim Murray, for the Joe Hirsch Media Rule of Honor. And Joe Hirsch being a real manner of mine, you know, really, I mean, you talk about a par line, Joe Hirsch and Tom Hammond. Uh, and then, as it turns out, they both were... You know, I got actually got the award, you know, a couple months later, but within, you know, two Wednesdays, you know, one week and then the next. And uh, I'll tell you, I was more nervous, I'd say, for the one last night because I knew everybody, the one the week before I'd invited them. And, uh, yeah, I did know a lot of the people. I mean, I knew some of them, certainly. The Keeneland PR people were there and, um, you know, a lot of Keeneland people were there and, um you know, some, some other people, you know, Lexington sports people. But, uh, you know, Mike Battaglia was there. It's always great to see Mike. Um, but still, it was, you know, they had like 550 people there. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and they also announced, it's getting to be a really nice dinner. They announced the Herald Leaders, Lexington Herald Leaders, Sportsman of the Year Award, which went to A.J. Reed, the U.K. baseball player. Um, but, uh, and Rosina Provnick was one of the top ten. And as one person wrote, it was cute. I was reading it in the Herald this morning. Said talked about this the, the year she put together with um, winning the Oaks and then the Breeders' Cup Classic, and said that and one the not the Classic the the distaff and one the uh, lady the the Breeders' Cup distaff while carrying another rider. How, <laughs> when has that ever happened? Meaning, you know, she was pregnant. So, so it was a uh, really a really nice deal. And you know, I think they started this deal like four years ago. And they approached the Herald about having that win there for their horseman, uh, their sportsman of the year to be announced. 
And it really gives a lot of attention to both. I think it works really well. I mean, because they didn't have a dinner before for the, you know, for their award, which is a really neat award. It goes back 33 years. Um, you know, all the Kentucky media votes. I get a ballot every year. I mean to vote every year, but I tell you, John, you look at that ballot and all the people, they're either from the Commonwealth or, you know, like competed for UK or U of L or something in all the different sports. It is tough to make a decision. You know, you're, you know, it's not like Horse of the Year and Three-Year-Old Champion was hard, but there were some really, really <laughs> accomplished people with ties to the Commonwealth. And just, you know, remind me again what a great place it is to work. Well, uh, as much as you had over 500 there, I, I must say that the, the event when you were brought into the uh, National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame's Joe Hirsch media role, that was, it was much more intimate, Jenny. And these yes. are people that were there, maybe versus 500, there were 50. Um, but yeah. there were people that I think w- watched you develop in your career, may have influenced you in some point during your career. It, it was really a, it was an intimate moment. I saw that you had notes and you kind of threw them away uh, half through, halfway through your speech. Uh, that, that had to feel wonderful to be surrounded by, by the, these people that uh, kind of helped make you who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I invited the people I invited, including you. I said they all either personally and or professionally had an impact on me. And one thing that really surprised me was how many of my colleagues in the Career General Sports Department and former colleagues in the sports department wanted to go, even though, I mean, this wasn't in Louisville, this was in Lexington. I mean, you came from Dayton. So, I mean, yeah, it was really very touching and and overwhelming that all these people would, um, you know, because I thought, oh, man, I'm going to invite them, then I'm going to tell them, oh, by the way, you got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, but, no, it was just, it was fantastic and uh, we have one friend of mine, and, and he and his wife were there, but they were like, oh, we were kind of hoping it'd be at Saratoga so we'd get an excuse to go up there. But, you know, this way, you know, all these people wouldn't be able to come. And so it was really cool how. And I think I probably surprised um, uh, maybe the Hall of Fame people. When it first came up, they said, uh, you know, they said about having a lunch, you know, like in Lexington to get it. And I think they were thinking, maybe just a handful of people. And I said, well, how many people can I invite? I said, I've, I've got some friends and family that I think would be happy to pay. If that's, and they go, in that case, you can invite whoever you want. <laughs> so, so I did. Well, um, I can say some of the top people in the game were there. I looked around the room. that There were Eclipse Award winners. Uh, there were Writing Award winners. I mean, uh, Jenny, you are so embraced and so loved by uh, the the media community. Uh, My hat is off to you. And let me tell you, you only did it because you are a boots-on-the-ground writer. Uh, You have been able to uh, etch your way into the backstretch. And people like Bafford and Lucas, uh, you know, they open open up their tack room to you, let you sit down and talk to them because they know that they can trust you. They, they know that what information they give you is going to be related in a real way to the people through your print. Well, I appreciate that. I think that, you know, they like you say, I think they think I bit around, understand the nuances of the game and of the backside and see the big picture. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that is a credit to my husband, Pat. You know, it's funny because that's almost felt like, like both in doing the inviting and being there, like I was at a wedding except the, 
my other half was gone. <laughs> so I got all the presents myself. <laughs> no, it was really, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and an unbelievable honor. It's still hard to believe Jenny Reese and Red Smith in the same, you know, uh, hall. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing. See, they just started this in 2010, and there's only... Um, Jim Murray and I were the 12th and 13th people, if you count Joe Hirsch as the first. And so, really, out of all those great, great journalists um, that have covered racing, I mean, like I said, I'm never going to be remembered for a phrase I wrote or a handicapping method that I helped popularize or created or some of the really strong editorials that Steve Chris has written. I'm not going to be remembered for that, but as I did say, there is one Hall of Fame credential I do take credit for. I did get Cam Beer sold at Churchill Downs <laughs> under the Meeker regime. And Meeker was, he was, Tom Meeker was there. He was the one race track executive. Uh, you know, I, um, I wanted to invite, because um, I really respect Tom. I think as the years go on, my respect's only increased for him. That, yes, he was a bottom-line guy and he was a businessman, but he understood it's a true partnership between the racetrack and the horsemen. And that if you well, again, when, when, when you looked around that room, Jenny, there weren't any phonies in there. Those were real people. They were hardworking people. The award winners won their uh, awards uh, through their hard work. Uh, the other people that were friends of yours were legitimate friends, not people on the fringes. And like you said, it, it was like uh, it was more like being at a wedding. I missed Pat, uh, but uh, it, it was really a, a warm, personal reception. And all I can say is it, it couldn't have been for a harder working, more deserving person than yourself. And I know you're going to try to poo-poo that, but I've watched you now for 35 years. And Jenny, let me tell you, you are such a tribute to the sport. Uh, You're a gem. And I think someday you will be known for some quote, maybe not a speed figure, maybe not a handicapper, (laughs) but you'll, you'll never be forgotten in the sport of racing and you're deserving of the awards you get. Well, you know, the first race I covered was at River Downs. And Pat really? Lyon was the PR guy before he became the track photographer, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I didn't really, I didn't have a clue, but he set me up with whoever won the stakes. I barely knew what a stakes race was. I was a postgraduate intern. I was at the Cincinnati Enquirer. Um, and uh, so they were explaining what a rogue this horse was. And they, and they said they, they almost had to cut him. Years later, it's like one of those things you wake up in the middle of the night, and what made me think of it? I thought, oh, my God, this is after I started coming racing. What did I write? I realized at the time I thought that cutting a horse meant euthanizing him instead of gelding him. And I thought, I don't even want to see what I wrote when I said they, I thought they said they thought they were going to have to kill the horse. Well, you've come a long way, baby. That's all I can say, Jenny. Thanks a lot for spending this time. You bring back so many great memories, and every time I walk in the press box, whichever one you're in, you light the room up. But uh, with that said, congratulations uh, to Jenny for the Bluegrass Sports Award. Thank you. And, and the Joe Hirsch Media Award. I appreciate you so much for, for being on the show, and you know you'll be back on again. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and we come back. We're going to be talking to a guy that undeniably right now is the top handicapper in the United States, and that's John O'Neill. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, I'm very honored to have John O'Neill, who became the 16th winner of the National Handicapping Championship a couple weeks ago at Treasure Island in Las Vegas. Uh, He got a check for $800,000 for his efforts there, and obviously he picked up a few checks along the way, becoming eligible to play in the National Handicapping Championship, and it's been nice enough to take some time out with us uh, from, I believe, uh, Long Island uh, after going into work today. John, how you doing? Good. Thank you, John. Uh, I appreciate it. We did. I, wor- I did work today. I was in the city uh, for a uh, uh, a little interview with the Daily Racing Forum, which uh, treated me uh, just with excellent people, uh, very nice to me, and uh, very gracious. Uh, Daily Racing Forum, uh, kudos to them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Were you with uh, my friend uh, Pete Fornatal? I certainly was, and uh, uh, Pete, uh, Peter and I had a nice conversation for about 15, 20 minutes, and uh, in his office in in New York, Manhattan, where I very rarely go anymore because of the just getting there is a problem. I'm about 35 miles away, but uh, the traffic is horrendous, as you know, in certain areas. Yes, I do. I have a lot of friends that live out on Long Island. I'm an upstate New York guy myself, so I didn't I didn't travel down there a whole lot. So, so John, uh, you are currently the the, the king of the captors. Uh, so we need to go back and trace uh, your, your your history here. Um, can can you can you start at your earliest moments, your exposure to racing? 
John, so much different from today's scene. Um, that we started uh, back in the 50s that the, there was a racetrack in Jamaica, Jamaica Race Course, uh, then Aqueduct Belmont, of course, which is still around. Jamaica's gone. And I went early in my teen years uh, with a family, with my, an older brother, um, kind of got the bug that horse racing was was really a great sport. And over the years now, from when I think back of trying to scratch up a, a, a telegraph or a racing form and where they might be delivered to, we used to drive to Belmont uh, late at night just to pick up a copy uh, of the racing form, um, I'd say 15, 20 years ago. And now it's available every place and especially online, which, of course, we didn't have that advantage. No, I remember it well. It was a place called Coleman's in Albany, New York. Uh, my brother and I would wait there, and we, a, a truck would come up and start throwing the papers, and there'd usually be about a half a dozen or so of us, and we were all there for the same reason, was to crack open either the telegraph or the form and go home, handicap till about 2 o'clock in the morning, catch some sleep, and then head up to Saratoga. Yes, yes, amazing days. And uh, everything by hand and pencil and paper, no internet, uh, no laptops. Uh, I use a laptop today to to uh, get all the data that uh, I can use. And uh, it's just a whole different, uh, Johnny, from those days that you remember well until the uh, evolution of the, the computers and the laptops, the data online, to today, to a, an event like Treasure Island held for just overwhelming, and uh, I was overwhelmed by it and and humbled by it, believe me. Yeah. But obviously, John, uh, you, you've embraced it, and it's funny. You look at over my shoulder. I have a list of some questions I want to ask you, and I want to ask you about the evolution of the information age. Uh, you, you and I, you know, waiting for that, uh, that truck to come in at midnight, and we would get it, and uh, you might have, you know, the – Remember where they would list all the workouts, and my job as a 12-year-old kid was not to find out who had the bullet works, but to find out who had the three bullet works underneath while my brother Bob did the other handicapping, and uh, he was much older than me. Um, describe to me, I, I know you're in your 70s, um, you're, how you've embraced the evolution of the information age. I absolutely love it. It's taken... Uh... My laptop is, and formulator and racing form online has taken over all the hard, laborious, time-consuming work we used to do. Yes. Uh, like you would say, either wake up early or do it late into the night, have your numbers scratched out. And, of course, just the evolution of the data presented itself is, has been tremendous. It, too much. For me, too much. Because I, I'm an old fashion handicapper i only use uh the basics and i I look for certain angles but the information is uh, just amazing and the young guys coming up john believe me are uh, going to be taking over the racing the the uh, tour now that's nationwide uh and the uh, these tournaments that have become uh, uh just uh, an excellent opportunity for a young man who enjoys racing like I did but didn't have this, these opportunities 
to, to elevate themselves and uh, to new levels in racing. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, but still, you showed them that the elder statesman that you could still hold your ground. Now, there's a couple things that you know, used to pop up, different handicapping angles, and I want to just kind of pick your brain as to whether or not you still use them or not. Like, how much importance do you place on factors like, I'll say, breeding, equipment changes, workouts, or trip handicapping? I will glance at the workouts, John. Uh, I do like to see some uh, uh, some fast workouts or black dots for horses coming off layoffs, particularly if you have to include them as a contender in today's race. Um, trip handicapping um, without watching every previous or maybe the last two races for that particular contender today, I don't have time for um the uh, the trip notes are great and just very brief briefly uh, give you an idea of what happened the other right. things you mentioned john were uh breeding or breeding. an equipment change well, there's some fantastic breeding uh um stats on formulator in racing form um i very rarely use it um again i I work off the past performances as is. Um, I will look at breeding for first-timers or for European horses if it's available. And uh, horses stretching out for the first time or um, turf for the first time, first-timers particularly or second-timers, see what their breeding looks like or their siblings looked like if if the uh, the dam or the uh, sire have... uh, multiple siblings, uh, multiple babies, I should say, that you can see what the siblings have done for certain horses. Again, I didn't get into it in the in the tournament. I very rarely do. Um, so those things which are available to many, I very rarely use. Now, back in the day, you know, we had... Uh Perhaps you used it or didn't, but I remember my brother and I did uh, using the track variant to try to try to come up with a speed figure. And now uh, Andy Byers saved us a whole lot of work. Uh, do you use the, the buyer numbers? I do, and um, I'll use the buyers, and I'll use uh, other speed figures or pace figures that uh, are available also at Racing Form and some other sites. Um, I do use those numbers, and. Again, from John, you remember because we would scratch out our own thoughts of of what it took to make a, a number in a six furlong race or back in the day before buyer came into play. And again, it saves us so much work if we look at a part time for a race and we we look at uh, uh, previous part times or horse race times in that particular race. We can get an idea of what the uh, obvious contenders might be. All right, well, we're, we're talking with uh, John O'Neill, uh, the winner of the National Handicapping Championship. John, uh, let me ask you, uh, how did you first uh, make your entrance into tournament play? Uh, boy, I, uh, John, I would probably say uh, at... The Orleans, the uh, World Series of um, 
handicapping in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, first introduced to tournament play there, maybe late nineties. Um, and the, the I did not really follow up on the NHC until uh, the first one that was at the Red Rock Hotel in in uh, Las Vegas that I uh, played there in the first NHC tournament. I've played all of them at Treasure Island for the last three or four years. And uh, that was, I think I had one finish of being 16th at Red Rock, earned 1500 for that. And uh, until uh, this past two weeks, which was overwhelming, as I said. And now, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. No, no, I was just going to ask you a question, because I know, I know that I asked you to help us uh, handicap some of the major races uh, t- today uh, that would be of interest to our listeners, but um, when you approach a card, is there a specific race you like? I mean, I remember you saying, okay, these are good races, John, but boy, I'm really better at like a $20,000 claimer somewhere. Yeah, uh, I, do, you, do you have a favorite uh, uh, type of race where you feel you've got an advantage? Uh, turf. Larger fields, um, shooting for uh, value horses and price. Uh, whereas in our younger days, we would go to the racetrack, Belmont, Aqueduct. Uh, we'd go, go we go to Monmouth a lot now. Uh, it's such a wonderful racetrack. But and play all nine or ten races. Now, I, uh, John, I may pick out one or two or three that I really like and invest in those races. Uh, turf fields with bigger fields. Um, uh, turf races, I should say, with bigger fields. And, and try to get some, uh, uh, take a shot against some vulnerable favorites and look for a price. Um, that's my game today. Well, John, you know, you, you, you stated earlier that, uh, you know, you started going out to tracks like Jamaica, of course, uh, Belmont Aqueduct, the New York, based races um and there's something about the flavor of being there live but the whole uh landscape has changed so much do you still go out and and catch live racing or do you find yourself that that laptop gets you where you got to go it does the the internet now is so so great you can watch them from home you can bet them at home uh handicap them at home it's it has taken away from the uh the the track flavor and i still to this day in the, on the great summer days or spring or fall I take the kids my grandkids to belmont try to get them uh, started on some mini handicapping so that they it, it would be with them the rest of their days it's such a great sport and uh, i'd like to see it catch on with them also so we, we love the track it's just uh, as you know the attendance has fallen off so much, and I'm glad to see young people in this tournament flavor um, enjoying racing, and hopefully that'll spur some uh, some heavier attendance at the tracks. There's nothing like being on site. No, there isn't, and that, that warms the cockles of my heart that you, that you bring your grandkids out. I know that uh, I have three sons, 
and I won't say they grew up at the track, but they were certainly welcome to come with me any day. I had full-time job at, at racetracks. And uh, we also owned and bred a couple horses, and not that we lived on a farm, but a friend of mine did not far from here. And there's just something about uh, watching them now have kind of an appreciation for it and actually bringing their friends into the game, going, hey, come on, let's Let's, let's go down to the track today, and I'll, I'll show you how to do it. You know, we'll look at some of the jockey trainer angles, and you know, just kind of take it easy. You know, and it's fun watching my sons train their friends as to the nuances of the sport. Because if we don't, all those seats are going to be empty, John. There's no question about it. Uh, they, they'll just run the races for people uh, watching on TV or, or their computer. Of course, there'll be nobody at the track. And uh, and that's really gonna uh, that'll be a disaster because it's a, it is just a wonderful sport. Uh, I spoke to a gentleman the other night, uh, this fellow Ed McNamara that I mentioned, who's been all over the world with racing in the Irish Derby, all the English races, Hong Kong, Singapore, and it's um, it's still taking uh, it's elevated in in europe so much more than we have maybe because of the technology they still bet with the bookmakers in england and uh, it's it's a different uh, different atmosphere all i can say there there's there's nothing like a, a day at the races well uh, john you were kind enough to look at some races that you probably wouldn't be your favorite races but i know our audience is going to want to know about this week and um let's start with what i think is the most handicappable race because I do believe that the the three row races have huge, you know, so, so the one in your backyard has a huge standout. Um, let's take no a look question. at what I think is the most handicappable race as far as being spread, and that would be the, the half a million dollar Don handicap. Uh, Bill Mott, who I'm sure you've earned great respect for over the years, uh, took over the training of Leah, uh, won this race last year. He's only had the horse for three races, but has yet to lose with the horse. The horse absolutely loves Gulfstream Park. Some interesting angles in here, though. Uh, You've got a big comeback effort from uh, Constitution. Obviously, uh, the well-regarded commissioner uh, needed its last race. Uh, uh, Prayer for Relief, who's a horse that's always been there, done that. It just has a lot of close calls. I can't put a whole lot into him. And I'm just wondering uh, if there was a horse in this race that, that you liked, the Don Handicap, uh, Leah, is he the one to beat? I, I think he's the one to beat. <clears throat> he does love the track. He won the Don last year. Um, he's got four straight wins over golf. He just Even the 11 months off since the last Don hasn't hurt him. He's, he's just uh, come back uh, wonderfully. And probably the horse to beat. The, the European uh, Sloan Avenue with Frankie Dettori. Uh, undefeated on synthetic tracks in England, how you, you just uh, you'd have to take a, a good guess at him. He'll be bet. He's uh, he's not here for unless he's going to make a top effort. Um, you mentioned and it sounded like you liked the Constitution a little bit. That's the horse that I would play at a little bit of a price. Um, won the Florida Derby last year. Um, I think commission is going to be a short price favorite. They'll bet him. Um, I'm not looking for that. He's probably co-favorite. And Pletch has got, uh, I think, six or seven entries in the race. 
<laughs> uh, which uh, constitution would be the most appealing to me? Uh, absolutely, especially since he came out of that race uh, at uh, Churchill against Opportunity, who came back and was very impressive at San Anita and the San Pasqual, and will be uh, taking on two of the toughest horses in the country himself on Saturday. So, yeah, Constitution, I think, deserves a second look uh, only because the fact that, the, you know, off that slight layoff, put in a nice front-running effort. I think it was a big comeback effort. And uh, if Lee is going to get upset, that may be the one that's, that's going to upset him. So uh, I just kind of showed my hand a little bit there. Uh, in the next race that uh, everybody's been, been been talking about, I mean, um, and I've heard different people say they don't know when the last time you know, two Eclipse Award winners that won at two and three uh, matched up against each other. And, of course, we've got California Chrome, Horse of the Year, lining up against uh, uh, two years ago shared belief that the two-year-old champion whose only loss in his career uh, came in the, the Breeders' Cup Classic when he may well have an excuse. Uh, and sitting on uh, the inside is a horse that I'm thinking you as a price player are going to take a, a good look at would be would be opportunity correct me if i'm wrong you know i i did uh, briefly get a chance at this i think of course california chrome and shared belief the two obvious favorites uh, shared belief uh, second off a layoff california chrome off a november 29th layoff but working out nicely um i thought uh, a value horse for me in this race. Uh, opportunity uh, appeals to me, but not as much as uh, this Hollendorfer uh, Tonito M with Bajarano. Uh, One my favorite jockeys. Yeah, and numbers coming from Zia Park, Camaro in Puerto Rico. Uh, he's run at Belmont, Santa Anita, Remington Park. Just a big price on this horse would would uh, make me hook him up. He's third start off a layoff. He's a reversal to opportunity. And um, I'd hook him up with some uh, either California or shared belief, maybe both, if he was a big price. Well, again, in, in reading the way you handicap, that does not surprise me. I think i got about two minutes left. Again, we're talking with uh, John O'Neill, 16th winner of the National Handicapping Championship recently. And in his backyard, they're going to run the withers, and uh, they're going to have to run their eyeballs out to beat L.K. Beer, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's for sure. I agree, L.K. Beer. And again, if I had to... Uh, because I think the uh, far from over the Pletcher uh, um, horse here did not beat much in that maiden special win. Uh, most of the horses in that uh, December uh, maiden special didn't go, didn't even win next time out, didn't win the next two times out, and some would drop to twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar claimers, maiden claimers. If uh, again, if I had to. Uh, shoot for a little price here it would be the uh, Chad Brown horse March and uh, Endor Unrivaled um, coming in from Parks will not be bet. Just blew away a field at Parks by 15 lengths. 
but I think March might be the horse that I'd be interested in. The well, chance. I know you're a man that uh, looks for a price, and that's the only way that uh, you, you win when you go into the, the matches and the, the handicapping uh, challenges. And obviously, I'm just so so happy for you. Uh, I'm so uh, pleased that you were able to spend this time with us tonight, and the fact that most importantly, you're taking your grandkids to the racetrack. <laughs> Thank you for that, John. And I'll continue to take them. And I, I wish you the best. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm just glad to be uh, to uh, to be with you. Well, thank you. All the powers to be I checked with said, give John O'Neill a call. He's an ambassador of the sport, and he'll be great for your show. So I thank you very much for your time this evening. Terrific, and you too. Yep. All right. We've been talking with John O'Neill, winner of the National Handicapping Championship. Previous to that, talking to multiple, multiple, multiple award-winning uh, turf writer Jenny Reese, who uh, just got the Bluegrass Sports Award last night and uh, earlier in the week uh, got the Hall of Fame Joe Hirsch Media Roll of Honor Award. It's just great that these people will spend some time with us and uh, share their knowledge and experiences with uh, those of you from Winning Ponies that like to tune into this show. I want to thank you for listening. And don't forget, go to Winning Ponies, get those easy win forms. Hope that you come home with a slew of winners. Well, I'm in the press box overlooking a manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. And I just want to remind you, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.